Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week, for the first time in a long time... It's been a couple of years. Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't remember the last time we did a two-man power trip, but my good friend, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, you, we call him Alo, the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd... Uh, two-man power trip, like you said, it's been a couple years. Um, had, first time ever we've had two men fall sick at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> one with a stomach bug and one, I believe, was having a migraine or something along those. Prep, get well soon. Eck, get well soon. Uh, hope to see you both next week. Um, WrestleMania, two weeks from Sunday, I believe. Am I correct? I believe so, yes. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, first, subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. And also, if you haven't already, please leave a five-star rating and review. I got to be perfectly honest. I did not watch, like, anything this week. I've been wrapped up in trying to get my diet straightened out. I've been wrapped up in trying to get my workout routine straightened out i had my phone shut off for an entire week in order to do that that's where you were yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i literally just like disengaged from everything because i was like i can't have a distraction i need to get this situated um and been focused on my fantasy basketball championship that i'm in this week (laughs) that i've been completely obsessed with for the first three days of the week so the only things i saw I may I knew for a fact I was going to watch the Gauntlet match on SmackDown live. I haven't watched anything live on WWE television in since God at least a year. And I was like, you know what? This warrants me watching it live. I want to see this Kofi performance. I know he's going to go for like probably a minimum of forty minutes. I didn't watch anything that has to do with. The women for the Raw Championship. I just know that Travis Brown, of all people, got involved. <laughs> and I watched the Miz promo that you sent me a couple hours ago. Um, so you can fill me in on whether there's anything that I'm short selling. But the first thing I want to talk about is Kofi Mania is clearly running wild right now. First thing I want to ask about it did this gauntlet match live up to your expectations? Yeah, it did because it was all about him. Because the other gauntlet matches we've gotten in the past, they've been forced. They they've been for something, but this match was strictly all about Kofi, and it did do a lot. I think the whole, I think the bar, and the whole and the and when Samoa Joe got involved and Eric Rowan, I think those were like the perfect foils to him because Sheamus had him mocked up in a clover leaf. Samoa Joe was destroying him. Eric Rowan. Put him through a put him through a table before Randy Orton came out, and I thought they told a great story about it. And then even on commentary, they were acknowledging. Well, they were actually listening to the show last week, but <laughs> they also acknowledged that who the hell who's Daniel Bryan to call somebody a B plus player? But then Corey Gray was going going on about, well, this is the new Daniel Bryan. This isn't that Daniel Bryan from the past. So I thought that the Gauntlet match it told a great story. Well, the initial Gauntlet match told a great story, <laughs> and it actually like got a lot of sympathy. And the fact that everybody was in backstage in the crowd, they, well, he said the entire SmackDown locker room, but at the time it was only the Usos and a New Day when they said that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, but the fact that there were actually guys backstage actually rooting for Kofi, I thought it made it a big deal, made it seem important. But I thought he did a great job storytelling. Even the way Kofi won the initial Gauntlet match, with Randy, how he barely held Randy's shoulders down. I thought that was perfect, and it was a great way to end the Gauntlet match. I think he ended up going 55 minutes at that point, but that's not a clue in the few minutes he went with Brian. Yeah, I know when he was in there with Orton, at one point they said like he's been in there for over 50 minutes. So it definitely probably was close to 55, if not 56. 
I thought they did a very good job. I had very high expectations for it. I thought they exceeded my expectations. I also loved the... I loved it slowly. The locker room was trickling and gathering around the TV. Because I've been in that situation before, as I'm sure you have, where something's on, whether it's like a game or whatever, and like little by little people start gravitating around the TV, and the next thing you know, everybody's focused intently on what they're watching. So I like the way that that kind of built throughout the match. I love that that was a story throughout the match. I thought it was good the way that they set up the guys that they put in front of him, the way he got through it. Uh, So I was happy that they did it. And I, I legitimately felt joy when he won. The New Day comes out and they lifted him up and he stands up on the turnbuckle and I'm like, this is great. Like, we all were waiting to see it. We knew it was happening and I don't think anybody is like complaining that we already knew or that it was telegraphed. It was like, yes, this was what we needed to see, what we wanted to see. Obviously, though, as you said, there was another part to the gauntlet match. Vince comes out, congratulates him, and then says, you have to get through one more competitor. (laughs) And out comes Daniel Bryan. And I don't know if you would agree with this or not. Obviously, Daniel Bryan has been a heel for a while now. This was the first time that I saw him as like a villain when he walked out. Yeah. Like, when he walked out, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I hate him right now. Yeah, he had that smile on his face. <laughs> yeah, like, he, face. he looked borderline evil to me for the first time. Like, he's been running down the fans, running down the company, being generally annoying all this time. But, like, I was like, oh, my God. He's legitimately a villain right now. So you felt the same way? Yeah. Um, and I, uh, that part I actually kind of liked. Daniel Bryan goes on to defeat Kofi ends his dream or so it would seem for now of being in the championship match at WrestleMania. But I guess my other question for you is, did they need to do this? I I was kind of going to hit on that next. They kind of it depends what you prefer cuz I know Eric and Prep always don't like predictability, but predictability isn't actually a bad thing. It's all about how it was created. Like we all knew kind of knew that Kofi was going to win this match and Kofi will somehow some way be involved with the Brent Day and Bryant in the title at WrestleMania. So we want to see that. So in that, in his, and from that perspective, predictability isn't a bad thing, but I think the extra, the extra foil into the plans of something that you knew that was going to be predictable of Kofi winning at the end of the night, something unpredictable kind of gets thrown away. And, and then you said Daniel Bryan already being the champion and coming out with that villainous smile and actually taking Kofi's dream away again is actually is actually like a good thing for the for the storyline for Kofi's sympathy and for the show as a whole. So I don't have a problem with it at all. So like the the other thing I'm thinking is like I get all that and I, I see where that's the the thinking that of the story they're telling, but. Like, did it make any of us want it more, any more for Kofi? Like, weren't we kind of already there? Yeah, well, if, if you turn, if we turn, take our smart cap off, mm-hmm. you got a casual will want it more because this guy just went through arguably your, well, your most decorated, well, not decorated, but four-time tag team champions he went through. He went through the current U.S. champion. He went through a 300-pound Eric Rowan. And he went through a, a 12, 13-time world champion Randy Orton to get there. Did I miss anybody or did I hit everybody? I think that was everybody. Yeah, he went, through those, he went through those guys. So he went through four of your top guys on a roster. And that that means something. Like he worked hard. He worked and went put in 55 minutes to get, his, to get an opportunity at Daniel Bryan. So – I think that'll warrant more sympathy for Kofi if if you just take your smart cap off. So you think like somebody who doesn't watch every week and analyze it every week and talk about it every week and read too much into it every week, you think like the average person just sit, sitting down to watch it got behind Kofi, was happy for Kofi, and then devastated that they just took it away from him? Yeah, because of creating sympathy. Like I'm not sure how you felt about the whole Daniel Bryan journey. Um, a few years ago, but this is kind of mirroring that. And to, and to some aspects, this story can be, you could make an argument and I'll probably make, I can easily make an argument that this story is actually pretty 
much better than the whole Daniel Bryan thing, even though it's a phenomenon that Yes Movement is. Just as a story as a whole, this may might be even better to some people. Yeah, so there's like two ways I feel about that. One way is the Daniel Bryan story was like, so again, I was like just kind of getting back into it at the time. So to the best of my knowledge, I don't know this for sure, but there was probably at least a good six months or a year where people wanted Daniel Bryan and thought he was getting shortchanged, maybe even longer than that. How long would you say before WrestleMania 30 were people like clamoring for Daniel Bryan that like this guy should be elevated higher than he is? Was it a year? Was it longer than that? Uh, I think his height was what was right after the whole, uh, when Seamus beat him in six seconds or whatever it was. And then the whole team hell no thing started. And then right after team hell no lost to the shield, that's when everybody really started clamoring for Dan Bryan even more. Cause that year, that SummerSlam, that's when he beat Cena. Then Orton cashed in on him. Triple H started on him. Was that 2013? Yes. So you had, so here's, here's the thing. I wasn't watching full time at that point, but like one of the first nights I tuned in to watch raw was the night Cena came out to choose his opponent. And mind you, like I said, I haven't really been watching. I'm not super up to date on what's happening or who everyone is. I know who Cena is, obviously, and didn't like him at the time. And he says that his choice is Daniel Bryan. And I vividly remember the crowd going nuts. You seeing him like work his way out of the crowd. He was like in the back, and he's the smallest guy. One of my favorite walks I've ever seen anyone take down the ramp was like the whole crowd going nuts with the yes chant and everybody's so happy. So that is in what, August, July or August of 2013? Mm-hmm. And so we have all that time then leading up to WrestleMania in early 2014. So that's like probably nine months, eight or nine months roughly, that it's like all of these people are behind Brian. So yes, they have for that amount of time they had to keep putting these roadblocks in front of them with Kofi. It's literally like, what are we three weeks into it? Yeah, but they're stacking the deck against them, and then the fact that you know, uh, well, I'll kind of address the elephant in the room. <clears throat> the internet is upset because of Kofi Kofi's ethnicity and how there's never been a full black W or well, full African American WWE champion. And even um, you can say black, <clears throat> yeah, black. <laughs> try, to be, try to be professional. There's <laughs> never been a hundred percent black WWE champion before, and I think I think Big E said something along today on Facebook Live or Instagram Did you watch Live. That or or no? I didn't watch it. I just saw the headline. Maybe I should have watched it so I can get the whole thing because it might just been clickbait and they just said whatever just to get your attention. Now, but, it, it was good. It's if nothing else. Like, one, it kind of goes to the point that you're making. What he said was, we have done a lot in this business. Like, we got into this into this business, and you believe this business, if you put in the work and you put in the effort and you, you know, become a character that fans can get behind and you're the first one in the building and the last one out, you can reach the top of the mountain. And he said, unfortunately, in this company... Like, people like us, they'll let us make the climb, and they'll let us get close to the top, but they won't let us stand on the peak. And he basically said, like, if this is all we're ever going to be, which we feel like it is, then we have to decide whether we want to keep going here. Like, if this is all we're ever going to be, if we can never be any more than we are right now, what are we doing this for, basically? I thought, like, his delivery was great. Like, it felt real to me. I know that it's obviously a work but like i felt it when he said it um and to me that like plays a a part in this story the 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 thing i have to give them credit for though and this was the thing i forgot to say when i was comparing the two the fact that they built this up as quickly as they did to the level they have is impressive yeah like daniel bryan had the benefit of all that time and the support all that time and kofi this is still really new so it is it is like impressive that they've been able to build it up the way they have yeah and especially in a month and a half and then at the same time which makes us a little bit better 
is even though Daniel Bryan had he had well he had that long run, but it was mixed in with stuff with the Wyatt family and Randy Orton and stuff. But the thing with Kofi is, you never really knew you wanted this until he was the last one left with Bryan at the inside elimination chamber. You never knew you really wanted that. Right. And then they, they and prep like prep talked about right after we reviewed it. I, I think this might be too good for them to ignore, and mm-hmm. it actually yeah. was. And it's like something that you never knew you really, really wanted until you, you kind of saw it. Yeah. So, like, the other thing that I wanted to ask you is, I know it has for me, but I'm curious how you feel. Has this surpassed the Rhonda Becky, Charlotte story for you? Uh, I'll say, yeah, because that's fall. That's we'll talk about that in a second, because that, that's kind of fallen off. Fallen, falling off for me because i remember i remember when uh vince first introduced charlotte as a new new network contender even though as much as everybody hated it i liked what it was for for the television show yeah even though it should be just be becky and ronda but right when that happened i was like, okay i'm kind of all in for wrestlemania but ever since then i'm kind of like dwindled down like eh, (laughs) I'm, i'm still up in the air it's only a drive away but i think this this has but it has i think it's kind of hard to say. I, I think they're putting a, a, enough emphasis on this as well, but you already know that they have more emphasis on Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of exactly how I feel. Like, I and nobody was more excited for this, like the women to to main event WrestleMania, for Becky to kind of get this spotlight that nobody saw coming. But for me, this is the thing I'm most interested in now. And I don't know. Like, I didn't see that coming. And that's, as someone who has been more down on the product than almost anyone, the fact that they got me so invested in something I didn't know I wanted six weeks ago, like, I have to take my hat off to them. Like, they have done a very good job. And I'm really curious who's, who is all behind this. Like, behind yeah. the scenes, who has created this? Yeah, I, I know Bruce Pritchard just got involved. He's he's rehired. I'm not sure if he has any say in this, but the the ingratiation of Vince is also is, has actually made this even better too. Like I know you're tired of Vince, and you're not going to fall for his antics anymore. But his involvement has really amped this up because even last week we says Kofi, like you'll be a Hall of Famer sometime in your in your life, but with the new day, and like he's telling Kofi, look, this is your ceiling. And then for the smart fan, it's like, okay, we know that Vince Vince has the book. So he's like, okay, this is it for you. But his ingra- his ingratiation has actually made this story even better. And like you said, it, it's only been six weeks, but you kind of think about Kofi Kingston's career, and it feels like it's longer than six six weeks. It does. Yeah, so that, that's the other interesting part. I'm, I'm really glad that you said that because – while the hysteria about Kofi has only been, you know, three or four weeks, maybe another week than that, he's obviously been been around for a very long time. He's been a part of one of the most popular acts in the company for, what, four years? Yeah. So, yeah, this isn't new. Like, Kofi Kingston isn't new. But the idea that everyone wants him to be the world champion is new. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just really, really impressed with it, and I'm – really excited for it and part of me did feel like ah just throwing this other like monkey wrench into it may not have been the best idea because we're all there already we're like all on the edge of that cliff for Kofi like maybe we just needed the euphoria and say all right we're looking forward to two weeks from now and that's it so I guess there's somehow going to be one last thing that he has to do I don't know what it is have they announced anything no, but I'm glad you kind of brought that up because I had an idea. I don't think they're going to do it because there's already a triple threat book for WrestleMania. My idea was what if Vince pits them against each other and the winner faces Daniel Bryan? Hmm. Who's New Day? It, yeah, he, put, he puts a New Day in a triple threat. It might not be – it doesn't have to be at WrestleMania. It could be on an episode of SmackDown, but pit those three guys against each other and the winner – goes on to face Daniel Bryan because who doesn't want to be WWE champion? Right. Yeah, I mean, you hear it all the time. People say, like, what are you in this business for if you're not trying to be the champion? So that definitely would be interesting. Yeah, and then it costs, and then it, co- it could possibly cause a rift in the new day. And so 
I, I don't think they'll do it that way, but that's just something that I, I would like to see. Uh, I can't argue with that. Like I've been saying for a while, I would love to see – well, we've all talked about this. I think it was probably maybe in the summertime last year that we all were like ready for Big E to get a chance at like a singles title. And we thought they were gearing up for that. They obviously didn't. I don't know. I, I guess there's a lot of things they could do. The one thing I'm worried about is do they try to milk this for longer and try to say they're telling the story of like, I don't know, like we'll, we'll, we'll get to this eventually. I hope that like the story culminates with him at WrestleMania and not something longer term than that because I don't think we need to keep dragging this out. I think it's hot right now and they need to cash in on it when they have the chance. Uh, any other thoughts on Kofi or Daniel Bryan or, or anything like this? No, I think we got everything. All right. So the last thing I'll say is once again, because I have been so critical, I will once again say I officially tip my cap to WWE. And you know what? Even Brian Gerard James, maybe he's played a hand <laughs> in it. This has been a very uh, entertaining and gripping story that they've told. They basically created a new fan favorite like out of thin air maybe they got lucky but they've done a good job of capitalizing on that luck um so we might as well get to the the raw women's championship story like i said i didn't watch any of it so i don't know what happened like all i know is travis brown hit a security guard the first punch he's landed in quite some time uh <laughs> Like, why is Travis Brown involved? He, I don't know. He's, he's <laughs> a, a bad fighter. He's not someone that anyone cares about. Uh, he doesn't matter. He has no place in this. He's irrelevant. He shouldn't even be ringside all the time. Uh, they've managed to make me not really care about this anymore. And some of that might be me just being grumpy. And I may be going overboard. This is one of the things you may have to talk me off the ledge a little bit. But, like, to me, they made me not care partially by Rhonda's horrible acting and by them overusing her talking on the microphone way too much. It's like taking my interest out of it. Then adding Travis Brown in was like <laughs> the last straw for me. Not to mention you already know my feelings about Charlotte being involved and how much it, it it's pointless and it doesn't do anything for the story. So first, it's a two-part question. First thing is... What did happen this week of note, if anything? And two, am I being too hard on this and am I being too grumpy about it? No, because you this has lost a lot of steam. And we know that like the Charlotte the Charlotte and the Beck Charlotte and Becky and to me has lost a lot of steam. Rhonda, she's kind of turned turned a different coin because now she's just kind of like exposing the business and making everything a shoot and <laughs> some people some people in the business i, I know right, right after we recorded the show last week an article on bleacher report came out i got an alert about it and the headline was ronda's shoot promo isn't doing isn't doing is, is like devaluing wrestlemania main event <laughs> or something like that it, it was like small a small small concept of the article was in the in the alert how how they basically how Ron is basically saying it's all scripted I, in a real fight I'll kill I'll destroy anybody right. both of them Charlotte and Beck at the same time you know so like that it's like do I understand it yeah but that's objective to how you feel about it but I I completely understand but Ronda Ryan turned that corner not being that oh I'm happy to be here guys oh my God why are you guys booing me thing I think that she's I think the turn she's taking is is for the good and then. Even though you hate Travis Brown, you know her her husband. He's a he he's a fighter. I'm glad you did the air quotes on that because he's a fighter. if you didn't, I was going. <laughs> he's a fighter, so they are kind of trying to like make it like more real life. Like she just she squashed Dana Brooke in a matter of less in a matter of maybe less than a second. But they kind of kind of create the realism around to make her a real badass and not just that. Oh, I'm happy to be here. I can just turn it on like that. So I don't mind it at all, and 
like her being her getting kicked out the building and fined and stuff like that. That's all work, and I don't take that stuff any seriously. I do love that they try to act like act like the WWE's like the NFL or something. <laughs> but, like I think I like Ronda's turn, but like you said, all her talking and stuff. She's not a good actor, good act. She's not a great actress and stuff, but her actions I think have been really good. And that's the interesting thing. Like, so one thing that they know for sure is if you just have somebody snap all the time and beat people up, the fans are going to love it. Yeah. It it got Roman cheered when he was, like, at one of his low points when he beat the hell out of Triple H, right? Yeah. What show was that? Was that Survivor Series or was that another? Uh, uh, that was TLC. TLC, okay. And that got him cheered here the next night, mm-hmm. correct? Um, he wins the title to, like, the warmest of welcomes – a huge ovation. You know, it worked for Becky. She beats the hell out of Charlotte, and all of a sudden everybody is all invested in Becky. Then Charlotte beats the hell out of Ronda, and everybody goes crazy for Charlotte. And now they basically had Ronda do that, and they're like, okay, I guess this is working, so we'll just do this for everyone we want the crowd to be invested in. But, like, she she can't deliver the dialogue that she's supposed to deliver. Every time she talks, I'm just like, this is faker than the combat. Like, <laughs> it's the way she delivers it is just so cringeworthy to me. And it, it, it takes me right out of it. Like, that part of it is important to me. If they just didn't have her talk at all, I probably would like what they're doing. Even with Travis Brown involved, I probably would like this if she was talking less. Um, or saving all of her talking for, like, outside of TV. But... Yeah, I just I'm unfortunately not interested. Do you still think this goes on last? Yeah. Do you think they're just pretty much locked into that and there's nothing that would yep. change it? Nothing. Like, unless, I unless, wonder. unless unless Brock bitches and complains, it's going on last. So like that's the way I have felt for the last two days, is that Brock and Seth are gonna go on last. And to some degree, like Godfather of the Podcast, Joe Lafferty he would say it should go on last because it's like the main title. Although, or is it, uh, that's the other weird thing. Like, is it because there's the WWE championship that should technically be the main title, (laughs) the one named after the company. It's so, so weird having these two belts, but that, that's kind of what I'm feeling may happen is that Brock goes on last. And even though I'm out as far as my interest level, uh, interest level of the story, even though it has waned a lot, it still would mean a lot to me for, for them to, to main event the show because, to me, that's like the culmination of all the work that the women have done for these last three years. Like, they've worked so hard. And, like, do you remember how excited we were when they announced Charlotte and Sasha were going to main event Hell in a Cell? Yeah. And, like, now they may be the last thing to go on at WrestleMania. I never thought that would happen. Nope. And they would always talk about it, like, one day we'll main event WrestleMania. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, maybe in 10 years, maybe in 20 years, who knows. But definitely not any time in the near future. And, like, there's a good chance it will happen. So do you personally still want that to, to close the show? Ugh. <laughs> well, I'll, you, know, you know what? I do because I don't want Brock to get his $500,000 bonus for main eventing. Oh, I forgot about that. Now I'm even more set on wanting that to main event. Uh, did anything else really happen, though, with any of the three of them? Um, oh, you missed a Kevin Owens show. Oh, yeah? With uh, Charlotte and Becky. He was like <laughs> the perfect person to talk about best friends. And this is Other baby Kevin face Owens. Kevin Owens? Yes. Yeah, but basically he was ba- he was basically uh, instigating the situation <laughs> <laughs> the entire time. He's like... Uh, nothing like best friends fighting, you know. And uh, he was actually quoting both, both, all, both individuals. He was saying, "Well, Becky says, quote, Charlotte's, <laughs> Charlotte's being shoehorned into this into this match." <laughs> and then he's like, "You know, my slogan is fight Owens fight. So fight Becky fight, fight Charlotte fight." And then he had a a fight in the ring that went that went to the outside the ring and they beat up the security guards and stuff. That that was about it. So nothing like nothing that was like you know, a huge event, but entertaining Kevin Owens stuff. Yeah. 
So that's something that'll it'll be worth watching. And when I say something sounds like it's worth watching or you guys recommend something to me, I do watch it. I will say I should have mentioned this when we mentioned him earlier so I wouldn't have to talk about him a second time. But you guys mentioned the AJ Styles Randall promo for or yeah, promo from last week. You sent me the link. I watched it when I got home and it was very good. Uh, I thought both guys did a good job. It was better than I would ever expect out of Randall. But it was well-delivered. I thought it was entertaining. And last point on the whole Kofi Mania story. Do you at all, were you at all disappointed that AJ didn't get involved when Randall was in the ring? Or do you, did you not care about that? Oh, no, I didn't care. Because I know we, we speculated about that last week. No, I, I didn't care. I, I just love the way he beat Randy because he just he literally just reached, reached his shoulders right when he's about to get him up. I thought that was good. <laughs> no, I thought it was good too. The, the only thing that irked me a little bit was Randy did get his right shoulder up. <laughs> and that's almost what I thought was going to happen. was like, oh, here we go, another one of these things where they do an instant re- – they conveniently all of a sudden can do instant replay. They can't always do it, just sometimes. But they didn't do it. It ended up another way, which I do think was was better than what I feared. Uh, so the women are kind of stuck in neutral, I guess. The other thing that I watched this week, like I said, the Miz promo that he cut on Shane, which you sent me a couple hours before we recorded. I thought this was excellent. I thought there was a lot of like real life Mike Mizanin in there. Uh, I thought we got a little bit of a taste of the promo he cut on Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack a couple years ago. I loved that he basically called out Shane and the McMahons. That's why I sent it to you. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. he'll pop for that. I was like, I think The Miz has been listening to, to my rants on this show because <laughs> that was something like right out of my playbook. But no, I, I thought it was really good, and I loved that they – I loved that it was acknowledged because like we've been saying for a while that The Miz – is better than people give him credit for. And he's like an important part of the roster, but was still largely getting booed for a long time. And now in the last year or so that has kind of turned around and he's become a little bit more of like, maybe not a fan favorite, but people appreciate him and he gets cheered a lot more. And I really enjoyed the line where he said, everything I've done in here, like all the work, all the effort has been like to earn your respect. It was never given to me. And I, it took me 13 years, but, like, I think I finally earned it. And, like, the crowd going nuts. I thought, like, this is this is real. Like, he has finally won almost everyone over at this point. And I like the way that they acknowledged it. So what other than the McMahons, which is why you, you, you knew I would like it, like, what were, what were your feelings on this promo? Well, I thought it was, like, a real, like, heartfelt promo. Like, he wasn't out there yelling. He, you know, he was – he showed some frustration, but it was more heartfelt. And like you said, he kind of dedicated it to the fans. It took me 13 years, but I think I finally earned your respect. And the way he talked about his father and how that was the first time he said he was proud of me and that he loved me at the same time or something like that and how he was destined – how he was quote-unquote destined to work with, for his dad, but he he, he, paid, he clawed, clawed his way – to, for everything he act, for everything he actually got, so I thought it was like a real heartfelt, personal promo. And then, like I said, anytime anybody says something about the McMahon suck or how bad <laughs> they are, or tell how much tell tell how terrible they are as people, I'll say I'll I'll send you away. But I thought, <laughs> and then also a lot of that, a lot of his promo was actually like really relatable to anybody too. That's another reason why I sent it to you because I know like when we have promos like that and promo like that like a lot we all can kind of relate to them in a way i personally can relate to it i know you probably can oh yeah like no matter what it is you do and most people whatever it is they do with their lives like whatever they do for a living or whatever is not usually the thing they want to do or wish they were doing so like Obviously, being in the WWE was his dream long before he was ever there. And him talking about that, like the work he's put into it, like you said, it's relatable to to anyone who has some type of dream, who has some type of goal, who has some thing that's maybe out of the ordinary that you want to achieve. I think we all can relate to that. And I, I think it's interesting because 
he's the guy who has been known for what 10 years as being the most annoying most obnoxious like the guy everybody hates the most and looks at as a joke but now here he is talking about how hard he worked and the effort he put in and the crowd just eating it up yeah i don't know i i like the promo i like i mean this is another thing that kind of came out of oh this is the other thing that he said you weren't born best in the world you were born a mcmahon which makes you worse than the world (laughs) yeah that's what it was (laughs) i thought that was excellent uh so the miz obviously doing great work he seems to always do his best work at this time of the year is this a match you're necessarily excited for or are you more just enjoying what is unfolding at the moment I'm excited to see the match because I know Donovan predicted that he predicted that that Shane would be the one to turn. We were all waiting for the Miz to turn. So I'm I'm even more interested to see how this is actually going to play out now because we haven't had to heal Shane since he's been back in the last three years. And then, and the Miz going full face isn't what we expected. So I'm interested, I'm interested to see what happens. And then what if down the road, he finally gets that world title that we say he's, he's, he's deserved for the last three years. So a second tip of the cap that they were able to do another thing that none of us saw coming, which was just make the Miz like the hero in this situation. I, I think it's interesting. I, I do think it'll be, if nothing else, a fun match at WrestleMania because Shane does Shane uh, do the job again? I feel like that's become his role. He's He just always puts somebody over at WrestleMania. I believe so. Um... So that is everything that I watched slash paid attention to this week. Is there anything else that should be on my radar? Anything else leading to WrestleMania that they're doing a good job with that I have not given proper credit to? Well, I think Galloway, he did he did a good job this week, I think. Because even last week, I know we kind of bypassed it, but his, his attack on Dean I thought was pretty good. And he actually called out Roman this week. Challenge him to a match at WrestleMania. He's a, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to Roman Reigns. I'm talking to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he went shoot name. Yeah, because yeah, because he was saying how Roman Reigns wasn't the same anymore as he came since he's been back, and and uh, the Shield isn't anymore. So he challenged him to a match at WrestleMania, and I thought him and Rollins actually had a pretty good match on Monday night. Was. Seth wearing Chicago Bears. Yes, he's here. Wearing, actually, that he wore that at uh, the Rumble. So I guess you could say it's Phoenix. It was. Was it, was it a Phoenix they were at? It was in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I guess it was Suns gear. Okay, because they same were in color. Chicago, right? Yeah, same colors. For the yeah, most part. I saw it and I was like, "Well, that's interesting," because the white boots I think were what caught my attention when I saw the picture. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh, maybe it's Bears gear." You brought up Seth, and I don't want to go a whole show without really acknowledging him. Is what do you think his ceiling is at this point? Like, do do you think there's a chance he could end up being what WWE thought Roman Reigns was going to be three or four years ago? I don't think any of these guys are going to be big as WWE thought they were three year, three or four years ago. I know. I remember an article came out a while ago. That Seth Rollins isn't the star WWE thought they he would be, and we always say, well, like titles don't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. But to get somebody to make somebody a, a big name in the world, he has to have the title. He has to like you fly him out, you fly him out all over the world, and they do all this media and stuff. Like you fly Roman out, so you kind of everybody kind of at this point knows who kind of knows who Roman Reigns is. But like a guy like Seth. His peak was that 2014 run when he was 24 was 2014-2015 when he was a champion. That was peak Rollins at his, at his finest. And it wasn't really getting any higher than that. And that was your time to make him a star, but then again he got he got hurt, but he was, so he was supposed to drop the title to Roman anyway, but he got hurt and that was the time to make him that big star. And then you had an opportunity last year, I I think when he when he kind of reinvented himself after the whole gauntlet match thing with with an hour and some change that was another opportunity to make him a bigger deal you put the icy title on him but still 
that's not the main title. <laughs> Do you think that they have a face run for him like that? That's possible. Or do you think he's only capable doing it in the way he did it? Or do you think he has that gear as like a baby face in the company? He 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 definitely has the gear. I, I have no doubt he has the, he has the gear. It's going to be it's all indicative on writing, as we know, and who his opponents are. Like when the shake when the shakeup comes, they gotta they gotta move some things around. Like I I, I want I think AJ Styles should move the Raw. Or, or let's say a Seth doesn't win the title, swap Seth to SmackDown because there needs to be new matchups because AJ Styles has nothing to do on SmackDown anymore. Rollins has nothing really to do on Raw anymore. Neither of those two have switched shows, and I think it's important that there's actually something new for your top guys to actually do. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see what happens. I hope we don't get a swerve. I hope he is crowned Universal Champion on April 7th, I hope the re- the reign of terror of Brock Lesnar is over on that evening. But I- I'm, I'm like, not quite ready to believe it 100% yet, as I'm pretty sure you're not either. No, because they also, <laughs> they also, there's also reports saying that he's actually booked. Well, Lesnar is actually, like, booked for later SmackDowns when they debut on Fox in October. So I saw something about that. Um and I think it said it would be pending whether they can re-sign him or not. So I don't know if his okay. contract is up during that time. But that is, but that was the implication. Like they want to put him on SmackDown when it's on Fox because they want to them and Fox want to present it as more of a competition-based program than like a fiction-based program. I'm curious how that's going to work. Like, do you think if they have to change the way they present themselves for Fox on SmackDown, do you think that forces them to change the way they present themselves on Raw? Or do you think they have two very differently themed shows? Uh, I think uh, they would have to – I think it would be smart for them to do it as a whole because they could they could stretch that PG rating. We saw it a few months ago. Remember when we thought the Attitude Era was back with Alexa getting caught top was backstage um the Mandy Rose with, with Jimmy Uso skit you could you could really stretch that PG rating so it's not that difficult to actually do yeah I I am that's one of the things I'm most curious about is to see what happens when Smackdown is on Fox like I'm very curious and interested to see how that thing shapes up when it does happen um I don't know anything else any it, it oh I know what I wanted to ask you about did something happen with R Truth and Carmella possibly being hosts of WrestleMania? I don't know. Now I saw <laughs> I saw something that I thought it was photoshopped with Carmella and R Truth in the in the graphic in the render with with Alexa. I saw a couple of things on Twitter, and I wasn't sure if it was something that happened on SmackDown or if it was just no. something fans were saying they want to see. Oh, no, because if it was, I would have been all over there. Okay, so it's at, at the moment we believe it's just something fans are saying they want to see. Yeah, but next week Carmella is in a fatal four-way to see who's going to face Asuka at WrestleMania. But it's, it's Carmella, Naomi, Mandy, and Sonya. But I think Lacey Evans is going to get involved. I think Lacey Evans will be the one to face Asuka. Hmm. Well, that I wouldn't be mad about. Because... As we've talked about before, I just enjoy her presence. Something about her presence <laughs> is just entertaining as hell to me. I, I don't, I can't explain it because it's not like she's my type as far as like women I'm attracted to or like a personality that I like. It's just she's so irritating and so grating, and she's so much <laughs> of like what I don't like that I can't help but like really enjoy it. It's like oh my god, they like created her in a lab to be the exact type of woman that I hate most. And that's exactly what she is. And I have to respect her for being able to to be that. Um, okay, so last thing about WWE. Was there anything else that happened that I should know about or should care about? Uh, well, oh, yeah. Uh, well, you, I'm, I'm sure. Did you hear about the Beth, the, the Natty and Beth, Sasha Bailey thing? Well, I'm like aware I, that, it, that something happened. Okay, well, the, Sasha and Bailey won SmackDown this week, and the Iconic got a victory over them. So 
but back to the assumption that there's going to be a three or four for the women's tag titles, Sasha and Bailey against Iconics against Nia and Tamina and Natty and Beth. The Iconics have to win, right? I, I think I think Sasha and, and uh, Bailey will win that, but I think the Iconics will be, will be the next tag team champions. I need to see that. I do too. <laughs> it, 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 it was so fun watching those four interact because they're all friends. And you know, you know, Sasha, Sasha, they're goofy, and so are like uh, the iconic. So it was like really fun, like watching them, like go, like like watching them go at it in the ring and stuff. So I, I enjoyed it. Like they cut a, uh, I think Billy Kay or I forgot which one they they cut a Lori Laughlin joke about paying for my paying for tuition, but I don't think anybody caught it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't say the name. This I don't remember exactly what she said, but she said. Pay for your college, pay for my, pay for your college tuition or something like that. But nobody really caught it. Second full house joke on the uh, on WWE programming just during the time we've been doing this show. <laughs> Do you remember the Bo Dallas Danny yes. Tanner? <laughs> yes, one of the highlights of whatever year that was. <laughs> 2016 Smoke Flow Rider. Flow Rider. I couldn't remember who it was. Oh man, I loved that so much. <laughs> he made a fool out of Flow Rider, who doesn't doesn't belong there anyway. Uh, Bo Dallas, what an underutilized guy! <laughs> is he even on the on the shows anymore? Is he even part of the? He was on Raw a few roster? weeks ago. Okay. He was on Raw a few weeks ago, uh, trying to hijack. Actually, actually had a match. I think they were trying. It was like all the teams on the roster in a like a fatal four way or something like that. Um, what what matches have been announced for WrestleMania at this point? Uh, well, the Universal title match, the women's title match, uh, Shane and Miz, Roman and McIntyre, well, Galloway. <laughs> Cruiserweight, uh, right? Yeah, Cruiserweight. Tony Nese. Tony Nese. He's going face on face Buddy Murphy. Congratulations to good friend of the show, Tony Nese, one of our favorites yeah. as a group. Yes, well-deserved. And I think that's about it now because you already know you're going to – a bunch of matches in the next week because the the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Titles is next week. Um, Brian's match hasn't been announced yet. The tag titles matches. I hope <clears throat> I hope it's the Usos and the Hardys, but I already know one of those tag tag matches will end up probably being a ladder match. Probably just throw just throw them all in there somehow. And I love how Matt Hardy has gone like two that nineteen ninety nine to two thousand Matt Hardy. <laughs> Do you think there's any chance we see Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania? Nah, they did that last year with him. I don't think I'll do it again. The night after, I think I think you'll see him. I'm interested to see what they do with him if they if they can do anything with him. Oh, and the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royals back, bronze in it. So we know who's winning that. <laughs> uh, Is Colin Jost in it? They're 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 they're, they're like the correspondents or something like that. Seems very very necessary. Yeah, I know. And um, oh, the the the, women, the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royals back. I think. Oh, okay. And, yeah, I that, that's they about even it. Did that last year. Yeah, that's about it. What level of excitement do you have for WrestleMania this year? Obviously, it's not going to match last year because you made the trip to New Orleans and like, where are you at this year compared to years prior for your excitement for WrestleMania? Um, well, I was actually I actually had a discussion with one of my friends. She uh she actually bought WrestleMania because she got her tickets. She's gonna go with her dad and her sister. And uh, I told her I didn't really have any interest when they went on sale because the the product the, the show was as a whole was so bad, and I just had no interest in it at all. And it's only a drive away, so and then like I thought I figured we we figured tickets would still be around because. It's it's not that far, but then again, like I was on the side that New York, New Jersey is like a drivable place for a bunch of people, so tickets might go fast. And they ended up they they did end up selling out for the most part, unless you want a six thousand dollars seat. Right. But totally um, worth it. Yeah, top, <laughs> the, the chair totally worth it. <laughs> but it, it, like, I, and I was talking to Richie about this, and Richie he's he's probably going to go. He's he's local and. That just might be like a day off thing. Like, you may be able to get tickets while the pre-show's on. Right. <laughs> you know? So. Oh, yeah, when people are just trying to, to get rid of them at that point. Yeah, like, even when the show starts, you could probably get a ticket. 
Um, yeah, I have like a couple things I'm excited about. Now, granted, that could change. Like we get closer to it, and I might be excited for more things. But right now, there's like two or three things I'm really excited about, and the rest I feel like I could do without. But as I said, two weeks from Sunday. Uh, what do you think of Cody Rhodes filing for a bunch of trademarks on old WCW pay-per-views and stuff? Notably, he, Bash at the Beach. He's such a mark. <laughs> <laughs> he is such a mark. And he, I think he filed for Full Horseman, too. Oh, wow, really? A few weeks ago. I could have sworn I saw that. That would be pretty great if he got that. Yeah, he's su- I don't, he I don't is see such how a he mark. could. And I I think he did, but he is such a mark for WCW. <laughs> and up until recently, I would have not been down with that, but like I, that that makes me so happy now <laughs> to see this WCW stuff coming out of the woodwork to to get under WWE skin. They they deserve it. Um, any other wrestling stuff you want to talk about before we get to listener questions? Um. No, I think we hit on everything for the most part. Oh, uh, Carmelo and R-Truth going to be a while now, I think, this Friday. I think. <laughs> so tune in to MTV. What would you say, Friday night? I think so. Let me know how it is. Yeah, well, R-Truth, Rosa, and Nick Cannon is going to be great. Did you by any chance watch Kobe on Ridiculousness, or did that not happen I did, yet? I, I, it did. I did not see it. All right, so maybe you'll have a review for us next week. Oh, did you catch Miz and Mrs. yet or no? No, I'm saving that for uh, for when Joey? Joey's back on. Because okay. I, I know he would appreciate that more than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so what do we have for listener questions tonight? I think these are mostly directed to you. Okay. <laughs> all right, so this comes from my best friend, X2Flyer. Okay, thank you, Eck. How mad is Pash? Wait, you know, you know he has spelling problems. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll correct it. I you're, can correct you're this. You're kidding. Yes, I, I can correct this. How mad is Pash going to be when Randall and Allen steal the show at WrestleMania? Allen! I, <laughs> a, a clap for Eck. I don't want to do it too loud into the mic, but a clap for Eck for going Allen. One of, one of my favorite plays in my playbook to just call somebody by a full first name that they don't go by on the show. I appreciated that. As much, if not more, than you thought I would. I won't be mad at all, because we all know it's not going to happen. I, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> There's one guy in that match capable of match of the night. <laughs> and I feel like you need two guys capable of match of the night to be match of the night. <laughs> uh, so I won't be mad. Uh, but I guess to fully answer your question, if it is match of the night, I will be pissed and I will never admit it. <laughs> all right. Um, this comes from Don from the Lord and Lloyd, no relation. Okay. His first question is, mm-hmm. when can the lowdown be a guest on the podcast again? Oh, that's a very good question. I mean, I guess, I don't know. We'll figure, we'll figure out the logistics. I don't think there's anything really standing in the way unless he has like scheduling conflicts. Uh, we'll put that down for something we have to, we have to get uh, worked out. I can't tell you an exact show, but I know it's something we could do. All right. And then, well, this one I'm actually interested in. Because you, uh, you're known for your carpool karaoke. <laughs> okay. So his question is, can Pash sing R-Truth's intro? <laughs> <laughs> right now I can't. I'm not in the, the mental state to do that. Uh, but I think I know most of the words to it. I don't know all of them. Um, but, yeah, I think I could do that <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. And may, maybe one day I will. If you guys don't let me forget about it, as you oh, know, oh, I, I as you know, I do. I, I don't think I'll let you. Do that. <laughs> right, and just let me check it. Yep, that's all my questions for tonight. All right, so are you prepared for a stump alo that I prepared very hastily last minute? Yes. All right, so you are very much you coined the phrase back at the beginning of the Matt Madness podcast within like the first three months, I would say, if not I, no, earlier I, than I, that. I, I think it was the second episode. Okay, so it's 2000 all over again. Yes. Is, is what you said. And I know it's your favorite year. I even confirmed this with you before we got on the air tonight. So, my question for Stump Alo Are you ready? Yep. Can you name the main event for every pay per view in the year 2000? I can. 
You can? All right, yes. let's hear it. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Do you, do you want me to list the pay-per-views and you give me the main event, or do you want to do the whole thing? No, I, I know them all. Okay. Because it's the order that it should be. All right. <laughs> so the Royal Rumble was the Royal Rumble match. Yes. Uh, no Way Out, Triple H, and uh, Cactus Jack Allen to sell. Correct. WrestleMania, the uh, Fatal the four, the Fatal Four Elimination Match, Rock, Hunter, Show, and Foley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Backlash 2000, my favorite pay-per-view of all time, Triple H versus The Rock. Okay. Judgment Day 2000, Iron Man Match, Triple H versus The Rock. If, if, if you're counting the international pay-per-view, <laughs> is that on there? Yeah. Okay, Insurrection, that was... That was oh, a triple I thought threat. you missed one. <laughs> no, that was the triple threat. Triple H, Shane, and Rock. Uh, King of the Ring, that was uh, Triple H and the McMahons against Rock and Taker Kane. Mm-hmm. July, The Rock versus Chris Benoit. Summer Sand, Triple H, Kurt Angle, The Rock. Unforgiven, that was The Rock. Yeah, The Rock, Benoit, Taker, and Kane. Mm-hmm. No Mercy, The Rock versus Kurt Angle. Rebellion, I believe it was a fatal four way. Kurt Angle, The Rock, wasn't Triple H. Um, Kurt Angle, The Rock, The Undertaker, and Austin. Wait, start back over at No Mercy? Rock and Angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Survivor Series, it was Triple H and Austin. Okay. Uh, Rebellion, it, it was Kurt Angle, The Rock, Austin, and I think the... wasn't The Undertaker, was it? Uh, wait, who'd you say you said? No, 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 no. Angle, Rock, Austin. Was It was Rikishi or The Undertaker? Rikishi. Okay. And uh, December, the Armageddon, Hell in a Cell, Rock, Rikishi, Austin, Angle, Triple H. And uh, triple Angle, Austin, Rock, Triple H, Rikishi. Yep. Taker. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure if you are going to get it. I'm impressed. <laughs> so... Can you name every arena or every city that they were Every in? city. Uh, I may. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. So the Rumble was in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah Yow was in Hartford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Russell Mania was in uh, Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Um, Backlash was at D.C. Mm-hmm. Judgment Day was in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Insurrection was in England. Yes. King of the Ring was in Boston. Uh-huh. Fully, fully Loaded was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, SummerSlam was in Raleigh. Yep. Uh, Raleigh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Unforgiven was in Philly. Mm-hmm. No Mercy was in Albany, New York. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that Survivor Series in Ice Palace in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, well, um, Re- uh, Rebellion, that was in England, mm-hmm. and Armageddon was in Alabama. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm pretty amazed by that. I, <laughs> I, I asked you to name all the cities as a joke. I shouldn't be surprised that you knew every city <laughs> and even some of the arenas. <laughs> uh, so well done for your uh, your first jump back into Stump Halo. <laughs> Thank you. I'm impressed with that. Uh so I guess that is the show. I don't think we have anything else really to add. Um, so LeBron James, you're going to have plenty of time to to sit down. Is he allowed to sit in the throne yet, or we just have a chair? When the season's over, he, I don't hold grudges. So I'm a pretty humble guy. So when the season's over, like when he can sit down. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Joel Embiid, you just finally toppled the Boston Celtics with an unbelievable, what was it, 37 points, 22 rebounds? Yep. Uh, finally vanquished, you know, the evil, what I consider the evil empire of the Boston Celtics. I could not be happier. This would have been a very different sounding show, a very different tone of this show, had that game gone the other way. So, Joel, thank you for delivering that victory to me. No victory this season has meant more to me than that one. Uh, so, as always, you are invited to sit down and trust the process with us at Matt Madness. Check out your boy Elroy every Friday if you like MMA. 
Uh, please subscribe to Matt Madness on iTunes, and please leave a five-star rating and review. Alo, would you like to move any merch? Yep. What a maneuver, Ninette, to embrace the madness. All right. So thank you for listening. Uh, that is the show for Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with the elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince man, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.